today, I'm eating nothing but raw red meat. Hello, and welcome to Good Bad Show. I'm Andy. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where we discuss things and whether they're good or bad. This is a podcast where sometimes I talk to Andy, and sometimes I talk to Andy's evil twin, who loves astrology and hates science. Why is that evil, Matt? You're really, you're doing a lot of projecting of some of your values onto this. Uh, it's, a, it's a trope. It's a character. Like, one's evil twin brother would just be, like, the opposite of them. It's one of the many characters of Andy. There's one X Andy, who's you, and hates dishwashers. There's two X Andy, who uh, doesn't even believe in plates. That's how, that's how much Andy he is. Eats rocks out of a trough. Yep, not to be confused with Andy 2, which is just your Skype handle. Uh, and now there's evil twin Andy who sounds a lot like you, but holds very different opinions. You're putting my Skype handle on blast on air. I'm going to get all kinds of spam now. I just think it's funny. I didn't say your full Skype handle. I just said Andy too. Uh, who people, knows? People will never be able to fill in with the missing, <laughs> the missing puzzle pieces of there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Who's hey, to know? look, if you, want, if you want to be anonymous, don't use your name as your Twitter handle. That's true. Oh, wait, you didn't use your name as your Twitter handle. I'm sorry. You're right. That's true. Yeah. Beautiful day down here in Baltimore, Matt. It's very nice here, too. Mmm, beautiful day in the land of pleasant living. A great evening in the city that reads. Charm City, they call it. <laughs> Charm City, they call it. The greatest city in America. That's what the benches say, I hear. That's what the benches say here in Baltimore. That's not a joke, people. Look it up. It's great. Benches talk in Baltimore. Well, uh, good one. Ooh, man. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, what I want to talk about tonight, Matt, is exactly that. The beautiful evening before us. I want to talk about the weather. I want to talk about climate. What I specifically want to talk about is the seasons and how wonderful and perfect and great they are. Great. I also live in a place that has seasons for a reason. Matt, here's the thing. I think seasons are one of the greatest gifts that a person can have. I've lived on the East Coast my whole life, though I have traveled. I've been, I've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit. Uh, I lived in California for about a month and, and some uh, over, over one summer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been traveling around the world and been to some other climates. And, you know, I think the seasons are one of the greatest things, one of the greatest assets to a place that you live. And I'm going to go into why. But first, I want to talk about why I think this is important to bring up, because I think a lot of people don't think seasons are good. I know it's shocking. It's hard for us to accept, right? People that live in different places than we do. What's wrong with them? Even people that live here oftentimes don't appreciate the seasons. They don't think they're good. And those people usually are in favor of instead of the seasons, they just want the same weather year-round, right? Usually always winter, right? That's what they're asking for, always winter. You know, some people, Matt, some people do like that. I'm making fun because I hear this all the time where people are like, oh, going to have fall and then winter again, and then I have to put up with that. Mm -hmm. But I like that. I think yeah. it's great. I would Me not too. be happy if it were just 90 degrees all the time. Uh, when are you ever going to wear your sweaters? That's part of it. I really love sweaters. I love wearing some sweaters. That's a, that's a topic for a future day. I feel like you're about to make a 90% sweater-based argument. Is that what's going to happen with seasons, or is there more to it than that? Oh, there's a lot to it. This, this is a deep well. We're going we're gonna to be here for a little while. Uh, but yeah, the elephant in the room, lots of people, if you've, if you've met a person from California, Matt, I bet at some point they'll explain to you how much better the weather is in California, whether they're from Northern California, Southern California, uh, you know, you're talking about an area of land that is to the west of a major mountain range. So much milder, uh, you have much, much more consistent weather patterns, not so much fluctuation in temperature, uh, not so much fluctuation in precipitation, though still some, depending on where you are. Uh, overall, it's more predictable, and a lot of people would tell you more pleasant, right? Like I'm, today was a beautiful day in Baltimore, one of the most beautiful I've seen in a long time, and it was probably 70, 75 and breezy, and there's a lot of places in the country, 
and the world where you can get more or less that on most days. That can be like your default almost. So yeah. it's a very reasonable thing to ask, why wouldn't I want that all the time, right? Because that's, that's great. And sweaters are not the only reason why I wouldn't want that all the time. Uh, I, I'll play the other side of it. What about flip-flops, Andy? Why not wear flip-flops all the time? Well, that's a, different, that's a whole different topic. Flip-flops are a whole thing. I feel like you're not a flip-flop man. I feel like that's not a thing you would allow in your life. See, Matt, you, you think you know me. Every time you think you know a man. He shows you his flip-flops. We'll, we'll, someday we'll talk about open-toed shoes. Anyway, today was so nice outside. It was legitimately nicer than the weather we've had for many months beforehand. Like, it was a nicer day than all the previous days. But there's something in my appreciation for the seasons that I think is a core little nugget. Actually, let's save the nugget. I'm going to talk about just the reasons why seasons are great. Uh, here are the reasons why seasons are, I'm going to say, undeniably great. And people can just get over it. And I, right up top. I guess not really up top anymore. We're like seven minutes in. <laughs> Effectively up top, I will say that some people have uh physical health other reasons why seasons are actually not good for them right uh there are some people who it's much more difficult for them to get around because of physical limitations and i don't mean to yuck any of those people's yums uh i just mean to say that just like how some foods are delicious but if you have an allergy to them you can't enjoy them the seasons and intense weather changes are wonderful and if you don't have the ability to enjoy that then that's just a thing does that make sense that does make sense. I think I'm going to allow that one. If you're All allergic right. to peanuts, this doesn't apply to you. It doesn't make peanut butter not delicious if you're allergic to peanuts. Just like it doesn't make seasons not great if you have an arthritis situation and you can't be anywhere where it gets too warm, too, warm, too warm or too cold. Seasons, Matt, indicate passage of time. They give meaning to the passage of time in a way that gives life beautiful color and vibrancy. You don't want to be in sunny California all the time, and then you wake up one day, and you're 40. You didn't even notice it. What happened? What happened at all that time? Well, I mean, yes, a little bit that. But also, I think it's important to be able to separate the experiences of our lives. And a very meaningful way to separate them is by changing your entire environment, namely the weather in the situation that you're in. Uh, a home in the summer is entirely different than that same home in the winter. It feels like a different place. It is a different place for all intents and purposes, right? Things about the physical building change. You might put in the storm windows. You might take out the air conditioning units. You might stack up some firewood somewhere where firewood wasn't stacked before. Like your actual physical space changes, your relationship to that space changes, the way that you use the building changes, and it actually like moves you physically and emotionally through space and through time in a way that allows you to actually make, I think, stronger associations with things that are happening uh you know it's, it's a joke about like you know christmas in la it doesn't feel like christmas because it's still la it's probably 65 degrees uh and sunny most of the day uh and that's kind of a joke and to someone that grew up in la i'm sure that is christmas to them uh it's not to say that you know a snow on the ground and you know a frigid a frigid chill is any more Christmassy. it's just to say that i do think you're more likely to have a stronger association a stronger bond with something like Christmas or anything that happens at a, re at a reliable time throughout the year, 4th of July, choose your thing that happens you know, at, at a regular time throughout the year. I think you're more likely to have a strong bond with that if you can actually separate that in another way other than just, oh, this is the activities of the day. And the, separation can be like, it's the, it's the sign of, of change. It's, there's a different physical place and, and time that you're in because of, because of a change of weather. 
I agree with you, but here, I'm just going to play the other side of it, because that will be more fun. That's what you're supposed to do. Andy, I have a calendar. I don't need this. I don't need seasons to tell me when to do what and why to do what. What if I can just be comfortable all the time, and then I use modern technology, like clocks and calendars, to decide what time of year it is and when I should celebrate Christmas? I mean, to be clear, I'm not saying that people are getting uh, confused and getting the dates wrong because they don't see the weather changing around them. I'm saying it has an emotional effect, a profound emotional effect. You know, the, the, first, the first blooms of spring, the first leaves turning orange and yellow when, when autumn starts coming around, the first snow, of course. Uh, these things sort of symbolize changes in, in your year. And, uh, you know, not to be too, like, sappy about it, but, like, I actually think, like, all right, you know, probably only going to get 60 more winters, 70 more winters. I'm going to get 60 more first days of springs or 60 more first big thunderstorms in springs. Like, it's, it's a thing that allows you to mark time and allows you to like feel your life pass you by and not in a bad way feel your life uh, change and and progress as opposed to just knowing it's progressing because logically you're like yeah well the calendar keeps flipping over and these numbers keep going up so clearly time must be passing it allows you to actually feel it in a way that i think adds a lot of like i said vibrancy to life that is is lacking if you don't have that kind of experience is it adding vibrancy or is it just introducing pain at certain points so you can feel happy again that is the second part i wanted to bring up like is life better as long as you have significant periods of pain followed by significant periods of happiness instead of kind of just a a low hum of happiness the whole time my understanding is that this is actually backed up by like emotional science uh i i don't have the resources to cite the specific papers or or reports or anything but yeah my understanding is that basically uh the more pronounced moments of hardship or sadness you have than the more pronounced moments of happiness and joy you'll have. Like, it's kind of a thing where the magnitude can increase and the middle is not, for most people, super happy. The middle is probably just neutral, probably just, you know, going along and, and hanging out. And yes, uh, I, there's a little part of my brain that looks forward to those days where it's hailing and there's 20 mile an hour winds and I still bike to work. Uh, by all other measures, you could say that's terrible. Your clothes are getting wet. It takes you longer. You have to spend all this time bagging up your computer and your electronics. They don't get ruined in the in the elements, and uh, you know you spend time drying off at work for the first two hours of the day. Like all those things are supposed to be bad, and if they happen every single day, it would definitely be bad. <laughs> it would definitely start to wear down a person. But the fact that it happens every once in a while is this uh, is amazing punctuation on life. It's this amazing reminder that you're alive, you're out there, you're living, you're doing something. Uh, I, I kind of like the days where weather seems like it's trying to stop you from living your life and you get to overcome it a little bit. So seasons, mark the passage of time, allow you to feel the changes in your life instead of just logically know they're happening. Uh, they also give you pronounced, you know, pronounced spikes in all the variables, right? There's really cold days, there's really hot days, there's really precipitous days, there's really dry days, there's lots of humidity, there's lots of wind, there's, they, there's days when there's no wind and it's totally eerie and everything is just perfectly still. You get to consider that for a moment. All of these things kind of like jostle you out of just the, the mundanity, the, the sort of monotony of everyday life and make you take notice of the world around you, which is always beautiful and great, but it's so easy to forget because you're not being reminded by these sort of sharp pricks of, of change. That's really important to me. And I think, it's, I think it's good for most people, I would say, too. I think this is actually an undeniably good thing. Uh, here's the other t point I want to take. And this is where we're going to start to get to the nugget. We're going to abstract out to other things. 
Oh, this is going to be good. To get to the nugget. <laughs> a good day is great, right? Today, breezy, 70 to 75 degrees, lots of sun, big fluffy clouds in the sky, biking around the city. It's, it's a dream, right? Doing that every single day for the rest of time, not only would I get used to it and no longer appreciate it, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier with the sort of ups and downs and swings and all that kind of stuff, but doing it every day for the rest of time, it would lose all of its value. And, and this to me is exactly the same thing as saying like, my favorite food is X. I'm going to eat it three meals a day, every day. That's not going to be your favorite food for long. Same thing if you got a favorite movie and you're like, I'm watching this movie every single night forever because it's my favorite movie. I'm just going to keep doing it. That's also not going to be your favorite movie for a long time. Insert any kind of, of thing you appreciate, any kind of art or culture. How is your theory of Star Trek and seasons so different then? Because there's 185 <laughs> episodes of Star Trek. It's, it's a universe of diversity. I would never watch the same Star Trek episode over and over again. And in fact, for all that I talk about Star Trek, I have seen no episode any more than twice of the entire series of The Next Generation. Because I talk about it a lot because it's the only TV show I watch, but I also don't watch that much TV. So I've, I've only been through the entire season once, and I'm now like three-fifths of the way through it a second time. So, so yes, uh, that is a thing. If I watched more TV, Matt, uh, it would not be more Star Trek. I would want to branch out because the, the nugget I want to pull out of this is that change and variety is, is inherently good. Change and variety is undeniably good in whatever it is you're pursuing. Uh, and this is an important point to me because I think it helps to combat one of the sort of first reactions that people have when but people like you <laughs> have, <laughs> when I talk about trying to find the good version of something is, it's natural to assume, oh, there must be one good version, right? Like, well, let's talk about the weather. What's the one good version of weather? Oh, it's a day when it's 65 degrees and breezy and the sun's out and then, uh, you know, it was a beautiful sunset. Sure, you could say it's a really good day, but it's impossible to get to the one good version of anything because you need variety in all things for any of it to be any good at all. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, an important thing to take away from, from my, why I think seasons are great. I agree. I call it contrast. And I don't think you can really see, you can't really see the good if you don't see the bad as well. I guess the thing I don't quite understand, or I, I don't know how to reconcile, is like, how do you justify like really, really bad in order to understand something that is good? Are we talking like the day when a tornado tears your house apart and ruins everything? It could be every, anything. It could be anything beyond weather. But yeah, let's say weather. How do you, how do you say, uh, this is all good, and now, now the weather, now the seasons have torn your home apart, they've flooded your basement, they've torn off your roof, uh, something terrible happened. Is that just, hey, something bad happened, so it's all, all, all the more sweet when it's repaired or when it's better again? Well, I think we're getting a little meta, but let's go there. Uh, I can only do this because I agree with every other point, so I'm being boring. Awesome. This is the easiest episode ever. Now let's get a little meta. The, the thing about, all right, so you and I are saying that we inherently appreciate some variance in, let's call it comfort. Uh, this is the way I like to describe it. Like, uh, I think some people seek comfort in all the things we're describing, right? Yeah. You can talk about your favorite dish. It's just a dish you're comfortable with. It's not going to challenge your palate. You're just comfortable with it. The same way you might just be comfortable if the weather is very predictable. You didn't have to own different clothes and you didn't have to, you know, think about what you were doing each day. You just put on the same thing, went out the door, very comfortable. Uh, watching your favorite TV show over and over again. Hello, I'm guilty of this, the next generation. Uh, it's very comfortable, right? Uh, I know what I'm in for. I know I'm going to like it. Uh, it's not going to shock and surprise me. I'm not going to totally love it, but I'm also not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be scared or sad. 
any more sad than I, I am normally on <laughs> Star Trek episodes when sad things happen. Yeah. Well, the uh, thing I know about me is I, if I do that, and I've done, I've done this for periods of time where I'm like, I'm going to find the perfect thing. And I'm going to keep doing that. I get sad after a period of time. Doing the same thing over and over again just makes me sad. I don't have a great reason for it. Yeah. I think it is because of that contrast thing. Like when everything is just the same consistently, you have no point of comparison for what is good and what is bad. It's almost like, I don't know if you'd ever do this, but do you ever get to like the end of your checklist so you just find a new problem to worry about? It's like there's no, uh, th- you know. Describe <laughs> this end of checklist to me. How, what does that feel like? <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm like, Oh wow! I I did all the things. I I did all the work. I did all the chores. I'm at the bottom of it now. What do I do? Mm, should probably worry about health or so, something totally uncontrollable. That uh, well, I couldn't possibly check that box. So that's a thing I can worry about. I'll focus on that for a period of time. I um, think my fear is probably that I'll get to the end of the checklist, so I don't want to let myself do that, and I just <laughs> add more things to it. Yeah. I just got the uh, renewal email for the domain name that I bought last year on my birthday that i said this year i'm doing something with this domain name man.gold and i did nothing with it and it's coming back around again so no i'm never getting to the end of my checklist because things like that are on it where i was like yeah i'll commit myself mentally and emotionally to this thing that takes a lot of time and i'll probably won't get to because it's actually not that important mm. but anyway that kind of uh consistent pretty good i i mean it could be consistent great it could be eating dessert every day right but eventually you'll but get sad, you'll get sick. But it becomes pretty good. That's sick. the thing. It becomes, it, you can't have consistent great. You just can't. Uh, I think this is so, the, the page I will reference for this is called uh, the Wikipedia page, which has become a thing on the show. We reference a Wikipedia page, is the page for the hedonic treadmill. Okay. Um, and this is related. It's a little bit different. Basically, the, uh, the hedonic treadmill theory which, again, I think this is a thing that's probably got citations down here. It's proved in some academic papers. Basically says that people are, each individual is a baseline level of happy, satisfied with their life. And really, no external variables are going are to change that in a meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, sure, you will have moments where, like, tragedy strikes you. And you'll be sad for some amount of time. But this theory states that given a month, two months, you will return to that state you were at previously. It's not like... Something bad happens to you, and then for the rest of your life, you become a different level of happiness or, of, or satisfied with your life. Uh, and wherever that point is for different people, you know, that's the kind of thing where how do you compare that across different people, right? Who's happier than somebody else, considering that our only method of communicating our happiness to each other is the broken, uh, you know, <laughs> completely incomplete uh, language we have. We all have different meanings and associations with words. We, we can't ever actually figure out if, you know, Really, these two people, uh, except for maybe extreme cases, who's a little bit happier than somebody else. Uh, but I think the fact that everyone returns to a sort of normal state uh, is something that I really believe. I, I, I felt that in my life, I've observed that in people that I'm close to. It seems like people just kind of have the way they are, and external stimulus doesn't really factor in. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think, I think the key is just like everything can normalize. Like, I, I, felt, I feel this all the time when. Uh, you achieve something that you thought was maybe a little bit of a reach, and then you do that for a period of time. And how does that feel? You get you're just stoked to wake up every day because that happened, or oh, you're the same old person as always. Or you're the person that's stoked to wake up every day, no matter what, even if they're going to do something that is totally mundane to most people. Yeah. Uh, but either way, yeah, I, I believe in this sort of theory of things kind of leveling out for everybody, which is to say that. Everyone's going to float around their own personal midline, 
And uh, the idea of seeking the things that are comfortable means you're just going to stay close to that midline all the time and kind of, you know, putter along in your life. And embracing things like, uh, you know, the seasons and stuff like that, uh, I think is basically saying, I would rather have some moments where I have doubt, moments where I have sadness, and in exchange, have some of those moments where, you know, I really appreciate this great day because I remember what it was like two months ago when it was raining and cloudy every day and everyone had a vitamin D deficiency and that was a thing. Uh, but like now that time, like we had that on the East Coast, right, Matt? Like for, gosh, for like a month and a half, I feel like we didn't see the sun in Baltimore for, you know, it just rained almost every day. It was overcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that obviously was not fun. I would not like to redo that immediately. But I want to live in a place where that has a chance of happening because like we talked about, now I can appreciate this really great weather even more than I could before. And now that time that like, our whole lives, we're just moving through the world, just, you know, building up memories of the things we've experienced. And now that time is like, it's, it's got shape. Like, oh yeah, that was the month and a half where like, it rained almost every single day and it was always gray. And like, it feels a certain way. It has, it has some kind of character as opposed to like, yeah, I went to work every day. Nothing else really momentous or life-changing happened in that period. But now I've got something to like hang, hang a memory on. Uh, and I think that's important. Um, so yeah. The, the, I, I kind of put all art, uh, I, I say art in a very big way, like here we're kind of talking about the seasons as art, and then you can experience any, any culture, any art uh, into this, any of these buckets of like seeking normalcy, seeking comfort, and seeking something new and different. Uh, and while I think you have to balance those things, like I think nobody is, the, well, everyone's got their different balances they prefer. Some people really love to be comfortable and they don't like to take chances. Some people really love taking chances and they have very few comfort things. Some people are chaotic. That's a thing you can be too. But everyone's got their balance, right? Like, and I think you think you need both. Uh, But I think it's okay to say, yeah, everyone needs both. Everyone needs their comfortable things and their uncomfortable things. But I think very often the things that fall into that comfort category uh, are not the best versions of those things. It's not the best movies that are the comfort movies. It's not the best foods that are the comfort foods. It's not the best weather. It's the comfort weather. Uh, because those are the things that you're going to for a reason other than you wanting to have that emotional high. You're not going for the high experience. You're going for this other reason of seeking comfort, which that is a valid reason to go to that thing, but it means that thing is inherently doing less. It's it's exciting you less. It's it's challenging you less. It's it's less of a it's less of a version of that thing than the things that will challenge you. Which that's kind of where it comes down to weather. Like yeah, sure, uh, having the same weather every day, very comfortable, solves some problems. Uh, but it's it's not good, right? It's it's not good. It's not as good as having the seasons. In the same way that yeah, you know, uh, like watching Star Trek all the time. Someday I'll talk about why I think Star Trek is a great TV show. But it's not it's not a great TV. It's not, it's not the best TV show. There's better there's better things I could be watching and experiencing that I'm just not because that's my comfort thing, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it really just comes, I think what we're saying is uh, seasons undeniably good, but more importantly, variety undeniably good or diversity undeniably good. Like yep. the, the same, doing the same thing over and over again uh, feels a lot like dying to me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Just, it doesn't, Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if, if it's just like, hey, we're going to, based on the same way we said, like based on the assumption that Humanity is good because that's how we have to we have to live. Uh, living is good because uh, dying just has to be bad if we're gonna acknowledge that the the uh, the main question isn't do we kill ourselves or not, right? 
Yeah, like, this isn't existentialism. This is just we're we're gonna assume that we want to be alive <laughs> and that we are we're choosing that every day. So So if that's a good starting point, then variety feels a lot like being alive to me. Yeah. And and that's exactly what it comes down to. That's the nugget I want to take away. People people think I'm dramatic and like hyperbolizing when I say this, but the the month and change I lived in California, which was over the summer in August, uh I was in a stressful situation to begin with, but like the weather was beautiful every single day, but it was exactly the same every single day like in the morning it was foggy and then the sun would rise and in the first hour and a half or so the the sun would kind of like burn off the fog a little bit and then it would be like sunny all day sunny 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 and then it would get a little bit cooler as it went to sunset and the first couple days i was like of course this is great like in baltimore this is a beautiful day i love this in baltimore and after only like 30 days of it i legitimately like i felt this burden i felt a little bit like i was dead like you said like like i was in a purgatory where like time was passing but not really passing and the whole month blurred together it became this one block of like indiscernible stuff that was very hard to like sort of separate in my mind and uh i i admit that i'm probably much more sensitive to this having lived in the east coast for a long time I'm not saying that everybody goes through this when they like that some people obviously prefer the comfort but for me like i missed that variation so much so much more than I knew I would, uh, that I really kind of felt it in a big way. And, and yeah, seasons are great, undeniably. We can end it there. Or you asked a question earlier that I didn't really answer, which was, you know, how do you, how do you justify the days where like the really horrible stuff happens? And uh, what I was going to kind of say is that uh, I don't think that like, there are certainly things you could say, like you choose to live in like, you know, Tornado Alley or whatever, like you are increasing the chances of like horrible, horrible, you're gonna have a really bad day, right? Yeah. Like a really bad day. Uh, not a day where like, oh, it rained a lot. And maybe, you know, the basement flooded a little bit, but a day where it's like, well, bye bye house, that's gone now. Um, and bye bye all my neighbor's houses, all my friend's houses. Uh, so I, I don't think you can extrapolate my desire to like live, let's say on the east coast of the United States, and experience days where it's freezing rain and days when it's 110 degrees and have that kind of intensity and say, well, if that's good, why wouldn't it be better to also have a day where maybe your house gets sucked up by the ocean or maybe your, your house flies into the sky and is totally destroyed? Like, Well, that's kind of the inherent question that comes up with this, right? Like, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, variety, that's great. But variety can mean a lot of things. And obviously, there's, uh, obviously there's, a, there's a stagnation that is not good. And obviously, there's a variety in which you almost die every day or some, some version of that where that's also not good. Uh, or maybe you actually like, or you could do that in your own life. You could decide I'm going to have a horrible drug problem and then try to get over it and then do something else chaotic. And actually there are people like that who need that chaos. Um, and most people would say that's uh, a problem. That's a medical problem even. So I don't know where, I don't know where this, this chart works, where the ups and downs are just the right kinds of ups and downs. Well, that, that's the challenge, I think, of, uh, of being a creative person and trying to make a diversity of work that fits within some boundaries. Because I think that it's not the kind of thing where you say, okay, here's a good thing, so let's just keep turning the knob, and therefore, the more we turn the knob, it must be better. Uh, you could kind of apply a weirdly analogous logic to food and say, like, all right, well, today, I'm eating nothing but raw red meat, and tomorrow, I'm just going to eat, you know, some lentils all day, and then <clears throat> the day after that, I'm just drinking water and eating ice, like... Yeah, that's more variety. It's the the ups and downs are more extreme and the peaks are higher and lower, but that doesn't mean it's better. What's good is some some degree of variety. And that degree again, I think it's different for every every person. Like you said, I think, you know, the people that are 
thrill seekers and the people that maybe do end up with uh, dependencies on substances or like, you know, have some problems in their life with uh, sort of seeking outside influence to give them the variety they need. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, those things, that's maybe someone that just has a much more intense desire for this, right? Yeah. Uh, In the same way that I'm maybe middle of the road because I'm, and everything I do is the normal way to be and then everyone else is at the extremes, of course. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, between the thrill-seeking person that maybe does want to live uh, in a place that's susceptible to hurricanes or tidal waves uh, and the person that wants to live in some like safe little place where it's the same weather every day. Uh, those I think are maybe just different natural sort of degrees of comfort and or variety that people seek, but it's important. There be some uh, like, I think either extreme is bad and where in the middle. Well, that's why we have a whole podcast about this because we got a lot of talking to do about it. I don't know where we land in the middle. Maybe we can try to find another nugget somewhere else in variety, because I feel like this is, this is half satisfying. Like, I agree with you. I don't know that we've ex- extrapolated anything uh, concrete. Like, there's some vague idea that variety feels pretty good because it's not like dying. Um, I would also like, I don't know if we handle this in the humanity episode, but the idea that, uh, like, I think, I do think one of the most interesting questions, which we kind of talked about is the Camus question of whether or not you should kill yourself, and that's really the only philosophical question. Uh, did we handle that in humanity, where it's just, it's just more useful to not be a nihilist? I don't think we handled that in humanity. You're taking us on a, on a side road, but I'll, I'll follow you. We don't have to do that today. I can cut this all out, and we can uh, do that in another episode. But that might be an interesting episode, to just be like, well, why is, it, why is it good to live? Why is it good to... Why is progress good? Like, I feel like a lot of the assumptions we make with variety is the idea that living is good, progress is good, some sort of idea of moving forward or maybe moving upward is good. Why? Well, so for me, it's not that like seasons are some sort of progression where like everything's getting better or more or something and the seasons are encouraging that. Like I recognize that my life is basically a straight line for all intents and purposes and it ends at death and, you know, I'm, I'm heading that direction. Uh, while I'm on this line, though, I'd like it to wiggle up and down a little bit. Uh, so. So yeah, it's not that um, we, we can go real existential with it. Like, I, I don't think that the, the season thing for me and the variety thing for me is about progress at all and, and you know, moving forward or up. Uh, like the inevitability is that I'm going to be living life and if I'm going to be doing it, I like to have days where, yeah, I had to shovel snow for nine hours to even leave my house. I want those days in my life. I don't want to get to the end of my life and have someone say, what was the craziest weather you ever saw? And me go, well, one day it rained twice as much as normal in, in my, you know, house in the pacific northwest or whatever <laughs> uh i want to say well one day there was all this snow and another day it was 120 degrees all day and then all of a sudden it rained spontaneously in the afternoon and all the streets steamed like a big sauna and like you know that's that's life to me like i i want that variety of experience do you does the idea of building character mean anything to you i feel like that was the thing i heard oh, yeah. as a kid and it had some sort of vague meaning that i kind of understood but even if I had to define it now, uh, I can kind of define it. I don't know what it really... Do you, re, do you know what it really means? Do you know what I mean? Well, you know what Calvin's dad says, right? What does Calvin's dad say? Every time Calvin builds a little character, his dad saves a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> uh, no, for me, uh, I think building character is very, very similar to developing taste, but in things that you wouldn't typically think you could develop taste in. Uh, I would say that me having developed a taste for doing the dishes is what I would call building character. That I recognize this is a thing that has to get done. 
Uh, so if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it in a way that I feel some comfort, some benefit from it. Uh, that to me, I think is building character. So oftentimes you see it referenced in like, hey, go do a chore, you'll build some character. And people are like, that's just some BS excuse for you to explain away why I have to go do a bunch of manual labor right now. Mm-hmm. But I think what they're really saying is if you begin to accept that life is going to be more chores than you want it to be, and you begin to understand that, and that becomes something you've absorbed into your baseline, your hedonic treadmill, then you'll be a little better off for it. Yeah. Uh, which that's kind of how I look at that and define it. And that's something I feel like I, I'm aware of and I still have to work on on myself. Uh, there are things I really don't like about myself and I really wish I handled better. And when I think about trying to change my approach to those things, I consider that like trying to develop my character, which, like I said, just like developing taste, I think that's equally valuable. Yeah. And I also realized that any, any arguments we've had about on the dishes episode, like the, those arguments are the exact same as defining the difference between um, living through some snow and living through a tornado. The difference between it's cool to wash your clothes, but it's not cool to wash your dishes. You know what I mean? I Vice think it's versa. Just, but, so you're saying, you're saying 2X Andy is the one that does have a house in Tornado Alley. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, and, and says that's, that's even better for your character. If you can live through a house going up uh if you can live through a house being torn into the sky well then you're the better for it there's um this this maybe we'll cut this out because this will be maybe a major topic in a whole other episode but uh as you know i play magic the card game which is a trading card game and uh it's a game that i think is a great game we'll talk about it someday one that is great for a lot of reasons and one of the reasons it's great is because you as a player develop a lot of ownership over your cards that you're playing with. Uh, You know, you have a deck or multiple decks that you play with, and that deck is very much like a representation of your taste, of your personality. It's like a self-expression, and then you get to take that self-expression and play a competitive game with it, and you get to tick off other parts in your brain that like to sort of prove dominance and sort of demonstrate skill at something. Uh, And so it's a game you get really invested in, more invested than any game I've ever played before. And the nature of the game is that sometimes you just get unlucky, and you are... You're going to lose. There's no hope for you. You drew the wrong cards, and it just, you know, nothing you could have done would have changed the outcome. You just get unlucky. And uh, something that redeveloping characters, something I've always wanted to get better at, is uh, dealing with my own frustration. When I, uh, when I get frustrated, it seems to intimidate people and scare people sometimes. And uh, my own sort of uh, disappointment in myself can be a very strong emotion that uh, I wish I could sort of handle a little bit more. And playing this game a lot has legitimately changed the way that I look at bad luck in general in life. Like, because dealing with it in a game where I'm so invested feels so real. It feels like me, I am doing bad right now, and I am failing and losing at this because of some horrible decision I made a long time ago when I was deciding what cards to put in this deck. That's a situation where I get really screwed up and dumb, stupid nanny messed it up, and this is horrible. And just having that happen over and over again, it happens, you play a lot of games, it just keeps happening. And eventually you have to realize like, wait, this is just kind of, this is kind of, you know, the breaks, that's how this goes. Uh, That has legitimately changed how I feel when something unlucky happens to me in real life. Like I've gotten so much better at kind of just letting it roll off my back and not getting frustrated about it, not getting all sort of torn up and just kind of going on because that's just the reality of things. Like that's a weird way that I've developed some character in like dealing with frustration in that sense and bad luck. But you wouldn't get frustrated at bad weather, would you? No, I wouldn't. Uh, and I, I because hadn't... there's there's less you 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 pretend to have less, or 
sorry, because you pretend to have more control over your cards, even though mostly what's happening is luck there, weather just feels inevitable. So therefore, you don't have to be frustrated by it. Yeah, I think it's a similar thing. And I had made that leap for weather at some point long ago, right? Like I made the choice to live in the city, I made the choice to bike every day. So ultimately, my discomfort on a day where it rains, you know, cats and dogs is my own fault in some weird way. But I, I was able to divorce that from that particular situation. And I've gotten better at taking out of other situations as well, as I just continue to get unlucky sometimes and play bad cards and then realize, okay, well, that's just how life is. Um, I don't know how we got down this road. I don't know. But th- is there something about seasons that is humbling? Like the idea that if oh, you just sure. lived in a place that was uh, a consistent temperature, always comfortable all the time, you just well, not have the respect for your environment and just feel like, well, I own this place. I can do anything. And to have to have the world just crush you under snow, you're like, oh, well, there are things more powerful than myself right now. Real things that are more powerful than myself. That's part of it that I definitely feel an attachment to. I, I like, like I said, when the weather is scary. Like, I like when a big storm rolls in. I like when a giant snowstorm happens. And obviously, like, it's, it's couched in some, some other feelings. Like, I don't want bad things to happen because of weather, right? If it snows a lot, like, there'll be car accidents. I don't want people to get hurt or anything like that. But... I want there to be crazy snowstorms. Like I want that to happen partially because yeah, I think it it makes you feel small and it's it feels it's nice to have the variety of feeling big sometimes and small sometimes. I don't want to feel the same size all the time. Sometimes I want to feel really small. And and that's what weather can do to you sometimes. <laughs> 